Hey, it's Michael, and this is the Kintsugi Podcast. I'll be back in a minute with this week's conversation about resilience. But first, if you wish to create a better life and have a better career, then please visit michaelobrienshift.com and download your free workbook on how to create a better life. In it, you'll discover ways to find more energy for the things and the people who matter most to you so you can create a better tomorrow. Hey, there's Michael. Welcome back or welcome to the Kintsugi Podcast. It's time for another conversation about resilience. And today's guest is beautiful. She's courageous. She's vulnerable. She is the Kintsugi spirit. When I think of Danielle Thompson, an intuitive success coach, I think resilience. She's also gritty and tenacious. And we talked about all the different scripts that we're given when we're younger, the ones that we think we need to follow. And as she was sharing her story, I was like, wow, I can so relate. Before my last bad day, I was following the scripts I thought society wanted me to follow. But as a result, I was chasing happiness. And what she shares is very similar, but in her own way. Just love her energy. I love her spirit. I met Danielle in the new social media or on the new social media app called Clubhouse. If you haven't joined yet, I definitely recommend it. I've met some wonderful humans looking to be better humans to other humans, to paraphrase from Austin Channing Brown. And Danielle is one of those beautiful humans I've met. I loved our conversation. I know you will as well. So sit back as we introduce Danielle Thompson to our Kintsugi community. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Hey, Danielle, good to see you. Good morning. How are you? Good. I've been looking forward to this all week, so I can't wait to dive into that Kintsugi spirit with you and talk about resilience and talk about how to overcome obstacles and transition our mind. But we'll start as we usually start here. So how would you define resilience? What is resilience to you? Oh, that's such a good question and can be answered a million different ways. But today... Um, I would say resilience to me is always knowing that there's something on the other side, you know, and that curiosity to look for it. Something's coming up and facing it with some optimism or some hope that on the other side, there's something waiting for you. I love that. So what comes up for me is that whole that whole saying, like, no mud, no lotus. Like, you know, if we're in the tough moment or, or if we've fallen down, you got to have the faith or optimism or hope, whatever it may be, can be used, use different words for different people, that there's a reason that you should get back up again. You got to keep going and having that out there. Maybe it's a carrot, who knows? But I, I love that definition. So I, it's very similar to how I look at resilience. It's that is that faith and hope and optimism to get back up again. And when we get back up, we, we've we learned something, hopefully about ourselves, we've learned something about others. So we would love to know a little bit more about you. So can you share your story for the listeners who don't know you yet, I would say? Absolutely, thank you. You know, I feel like so many of us have so many stories, right? It's almost like, 
we're too diverse to be defined by one story. And so, you know, sharing just a glimpse of a piece of us that we choose, um, and then we can dive deeper as well. So I think the story a little bit about me um, is really coming from a true, truly blessed family and having a lot of support as far as growing up and feeling safe and secure and being able to kind of explore and learn, yet at the same time also feeling a little bit like a black sheep, although way back then I wasn't really sure I knew that terminology, right? I just felt really misunderstood a lot. I felt like I always had to kind of re-explain myself, almost as if I was speaking a different language to the people that were closest to me. And I think over time that led to me feeling like I was not good at communicating or there was something wrong with me. <laughs> and that traveled, you know, um, it traveled through to a to like the teenage years and the young adult years of feeling like maybe I'm not really a good communicator and I'm not a good writer. Or I'm not really that smart. And internally, I'm not sure I was quite aware. It was more that subconscious that carried through. So I think it led to a lot of self-doubt, even though in some instances, I might seem like a very confident person. There lies this very large layer of self-doubt throughout my young adulthood. And I think that led me to not seeing things as clear as I could have. And I made choices to, you know, graduate college and kind of go through this, you know, United States white picket fence dream life of like, I'll graduate college and I'll get a job and I'll find someone, you know, the love of my life and get married. And, and that's what I did for the for the most part. That's kind of that's the track that I followed. And I gave up on following my dream after college to settle into the expectations of others and work for my family business for almost a decade. And as much as I learned and I can appreciate the skills that I developed in those years, I also there's always that uh, the other side, right? The polarity of it, of feeling resentment for not being in the space that felt true to my heart. And um, and I gave my heart away when it was at a weakened state. And I got married and we had a child fa fairly quickly. And my son, who's now eight and a half, was born with Down syndrome. And we found out at birth that he had Down syndrome. And so what his bright light did at his birth was it flipped my light switch on. And it also flipped the light switch off for some people around me, including my husband at the time. And it was almost like the masks that we all wore just fell. And the person that I was, that I was hiding behind this mask, was smaller than my truer self. I was making myself much smaller and living to other people's expectations and just living in this small way. And the mask that fell off my now um, ex-husband, I think he had kind of made himself to be a little bit bigger than he was or a little bit stronger than he was to cover up some of the pains that he had. And so what my son did was somehow instill this beam of light into my heart and into my world and gave me that courage to really stand up for what I felt was true to me, which was leaving a career 
in my family's business that I've been in for a decade, leaving my marriage. Now, of course, there's many smaller micro moments that happened in between all of that happening. Um, but there I found myself, you know, as a 30 year old new mom to a child with special needs who I had no prior, you know, um, experience with any children with, or adults with special needs for that matter in an apartment on my knees, just saying, okay, I followed the path that's been put in front of me with my eyes wide open and my heart wide open and the truest path for me. And here I am. Now what? And from that moment, I really started to, with an open heart and an open mind and my intuition opened, really followed the path that the universe was leading me through just one step at a time, one day at a time, with the focus on, you know, giving my son the attention that he needed um, at the time. And so through the last eight years, <laughs> I've been able to start several businesses. I've been able to coach um, probably hundreds of women at this, at this time. Um, I've been able to focus on my son's education and his growth. I've been able to open my heart to new love and really um, find a partner or manifest a partner that is so true to my soul. Um, and so I feel really blessed through the mess <laughs> that has, yeah, that has brought me to this point in time to lead me here to you, Michael, um, and chatting about this this morning. So, oh, this is so cool. What a, what a great story. There, there's a lot to unpack. Uh, so I will say what you said up front, that one story, right? There's a great TED, I think it's a TEDx or maybe it's a TED.com. Basically one and the same, right? The dangers of a single story and who tells your story. And does that person who tells your story have power, right? So it, it was well done. So I, I just love all the all the segments of your story because it's sort of like a, a kaleidoscope of different stories, different stories coming in. And as you, as we all know, as you twist the kaleidoscope, the image and the picture changes. It's filled with hopefully vibrant colors. And what came up for me was just this whole notion when your son was born, how, you know, your son comes into your life for you, right? What, like what, what a gift, what a gift. So through it, did you have moments when you wondered, like, why me? Like, just questioning it? So because I know that's sometimes the first thing when we have a difficult moment, whatever it may be. And you had many, right? You had to leave. You almost had to leave a family business, which I'm sure had a lot of tension to it. Leave a marriage. Uh, leave some old narratives. And we question, like, why is this happening to me? Whoever we look up to, Mother Nature, God, Universe. How did you get through those moments? Um, yes, I absolutely had the why me moments. Um, whether I literally dropped to my knees in the shower to shed the tears or on the floor or just <laughs> standing in my kitchen washing dishes. Um, yes, absolutely the why me's. Um, and and then at the same to in the same token, I was introduced to Wayne Dyer's work, Dr. Wayne Dyer's work. Um, when I was a teenager, I actually have, I keep this on my desk. It's a cassette tape. Oh, wow. Going yeah. old school. So I love it. 
Oh, that's so great. It's a Wayne Dyer cassette tape, Freedom Through Higher Awareness. And um, (laughs) the one I just picked up was Resolving Conflicts Between Ego and Spirit. And so I think that actually can can go right into your question. You know, the why me is like that ego, like, why is this happening to me? Yet my spirit inside knew that I guess it's easier to say now looking back, right? Because those moments were very hard. And looking back on it, I can say those moments were shedding away layers of my life that I had accumulated or that had suctioned onto me as I walked through my path um, that really weren't meant for me and trusting, like asking the why me, but then letting it go, you know, um, putting out the question, but then also having faith. And so I grew up Catholic, yet the practice kind of stopped in my late teens. And I was always really in touch with spirit, spiritual side. And I wasn't really sure how that combined with Catholic or or Christianity, right? (laughs) So, um, but you know, in those moments, I did find myself coming back to God, you know, just something, right? That higher belief and faith of just, okay, (laughs) like guide me. Yes, I, I followed that intuitive piece, which really to me, like that intuitive piece is that inside voice that's telling you what's right versus looking for that external answer, looking for external direction. And most of my life at that time had been spent listening to the external directions, which is why I say I I was living the expectations that other people had for me. And so living your own truth is the scariest, hardest piece because it is unknown. And it's coming from no one but you. And yeah, that's, that can be a feel, it can feel like a whole lot of weight and a whole lot of confusion at the time when you're processing through it. I'm not sure if that answered your question directly. No, it definitely does. It, it, that those, that external weight makes that backpack really heavy. And so there's what you shared earlier about just like you're growing up, the whole feeling of like not being heard. I also felt that I was like, no one, no one hears me. Right. And so and that came through, even I think, as you referenced, like writing, like class, um, parents, if you will, like, why doesn't anyone hear me? Like, and it's just, and you feel, yeah, I think you referenced the black sheep and, or just an oddball or like out there, but I was still sort of in the mainstream, you know, I was, you know, playing sports, doing all that stuff, but two, following like what I thought was the script that you're supposed to follow. You know, you work through high school, you go to, go to college, you get a degree, you meet someone, you marry someone, you get, you know, you have a child, you have a couple of kids, and you work your way up the corporate ladder. That's what you're supposed to do. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden something happens. You know, for you, it was the birth of your son. For me, it was my accident. And then you're like, oh, there's, there might be a different way. But it's still scary, even when that pops up, it's still scary to like choose the different way because... We spent our whole life doing it the one way. And I too grew up Catholic. And But in my teens, I was like, what are we doing here? Because like, I saw so many people coming to church every Sunday and we were a very religious. We didn't miss mass once. Like we were going, we're going every Sunday, 9.30 mass. Like we were always late. That's a whole other topic for a whole other conversation. But we never missed a Sunday. 
You know, we did it. We looked down upon all those Christmas Easter Catholics. Like, what are you interlopers doing here? We're here every week. You're just popping in. Total judgment, right? And then we would leave church. And then I saw a whole bunch of people not doing kind, loving things. And I'm like, God, there's something, there's something misaligned here. But I didn't have the courage to really, like, talk about it. And certainly not talk about it with my my dad. So, no, it totally makes sense. It's like when you have that moment, again, in, as you mentioned, in hindsight, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, this is what I did. But there's like so many moments where you really question, like, is this the right path? Like, because the path I thought was the right path wasn't the right path. So how do I know this is the right path? And you have to have some type of faith and hope and optimism that you're on the like this path that you're on, all of it that's coming to you is happening really for you. And resistance, so. it's interesting too, right? Because you choose it and it's like you want to choose that path of least resistance. Like you think when you're going to start following that path that's truest to you, that it's going to feel easy. <laughs> like somehow it feels fulfilling to your soul, yet you're met with so much resistance from the outside because the outside is where you got the direction from before and all of a sudden you changed your GPS (laughs) and now you're not hearing the outside just as they weren't hearing you and it flips, you know? And so that can be really hard to work through, you know, like the relationships with my family changed big time. Um, Even to the point where, they were really supportive most of my life. Right. And I chose to stand up for me, start a new business. And there was some really hurtful words said at me. (laughs) And yeah, there's a lot of twists and turns. So I'm really cautious of saying, Oh yeah. And I just, I just got divorced and I just left that career and now everything's (laughs) great. Yeah, yeah. Oh, which sometimes is shared out there where like people share the story like, oh, this is what you like, you just need to like cut those people out of your life. And it's like, well, that's not that easy to do. Like, you know, we talk about like surrounding yourself with the people that bring out your best, the best in you, but actually doing it, that is hard ass work. That is because the thing is, is that you are, a, you are an actor in their movie just like they're actors in your movie. And when your character changes, their whole movie changes. And so then they get into their own head. It's like, well, Danielle's changed. What does that say about me and, you know, my ability or inability to change? And there's a whole bunch of a whole bunch happening there. And so, yeah, so we, you know, we sometimes like hear advice like, oh, well, just find flow. Just go every... Find the find find all these things that make it look like once you have alignment, everything's going to be fine and it's going to be flowy and you're going to be all good. And that's that's the goal. And I don't know if that's the goal. I think the goal is to be fully awake to all your moments. And some of them are going to feel like it's really easy and flowy and you want it to last forever. And then there are going to be moments where it's it's just you know, it's just hard. And you got to figure out what you're going to do in those moments. Yeah, like riding the wave. And 
riding the wave, right? It's just even the courage to get on the wave. That's the thing, like from a you know surfing analogy, like even getting on top of the wave, you know, like there's a possibility that this ride may not work out the way you want it to work out. It could be the best ride of your life, or you could just crash and burn, but you still get up on that wave. And that's, I think that's the, the crazy awesomeness of life is that you just don't know. And hopefully you've surrounded yourself with people who can bring out the best in you and you have the courage to ride, ride those waves. So, so as a parent, and I've heard, I've heard your share about, you know, raising your son. I know when my girls were born, that changed me fundamentally that, you know, the first time, you know, I got to hold them. So what have you discovered about yourself as, you know, through being a mom? Uh, everything. <laughs> everything that I I didn't know. Yeah. Um, patience, resilience, fierceness. Many times I try to come from a collaborative, kind of peaceful, avoiding conflict kind of space, right? And um, having a child with special needs, I was really, really blessed to have a team of people, um, you know, uh, there's a program called early intervention, and I'm sure it's called different things in different states, but essentially, um, you're provided some physical therapy and some um, speech therapy and some other therapies through the state for in individuals or children with disabilities. And so I feel like that the group of women that came into my life were, were angels on earth. You know, um, going through a divorce, you know, raise it because that took some time. I mean, it literally took, let me see, five years. <laughs> so there was wow. a lot of, yeah, I mean, there was some like emotional and verbal abuse or neglect. I don't, I don't know what you would call it. Um, I mean, I, I would say abuse um, that came with it. And so the strategic, my strategic brain, right? Because I, I have a business degree. And so I lived a lot of my first life <laughs> in that analytical type A um, brain. And so I had to really put on my strategic hat to say, how am I going to move through this so that it, so it doesn't crush me? Because it mm. could have easily crushed me. And so I had to take it slowly and strategically to, and whether that's the right way or the wrong way, I don't know, but it was the path that I took. It was, it was my your way. way. And yeah. so. Uh, almost, almost being um, like emotionally yes. protected, you know, like I'm going to get strategic to take the emotion out of it because the emotion is so, so hot and so intense and hurt, and hurtful. I got to do something to like, build up some walls to get through this moment. Absolutely. And that yeah. mama bear, you know, um, I wanted to make yeah. sure that my son yeah. was not around negative energy. It just, it came out of me. Like I, I don't want him around negative tones um, or energy. And so I did the best that I could to put that kind of shield around us that week. So we could move through that time. So it took time. <laughs> um, but back to those, those earth, angels, those women that kind of came into my life, um, really were so supportive of my son and I, and I think 
it helped carry through. At this point, I kind of forgot where we were going with this conversation. I forget the original question. No, it's okay. So it does basically what you learned about yourself oh, yes. as a okay. mom. So, um, you know, through their eyes and through their words um, and through their own experiences with other children and families, just their encouragement was landing solid with me, you know, like the patience or the time that I took to really pay attention to what they were doing so that I could then in turn work with my son in those ways until the next time that they came, whether it was once a week or whatnot. And the progress that he was making and the praise that, you know, he got through them, um, I felt it was praise for me also, you know, that we were doing a great job here. And at one point, I remember some of my family members saying, we were just waiting for you to break. Because I kept saying, my son is healthy. And he's, it's everything's going to be okay. I just had this overall wash over me like this wave of feeling like everything's going to be okay. And I believed it. And I held on to that. And yeah, the resiliency and that determination to just make sure that I was giving all I had to him. Um, I learned a lot about my strength and my strength to kind of stand up for him also was showing me the strength to stand up for myself. I love that. In some ways, when I, when I just, what came up for me, Danielle, when you were sharing that, when your family said, we're, we're just waiting for you to break and so many ways when you left the family business and when you decided to get a divorce, that's those things broke. The old stories broke, the old masks broke. And the version of like mama bear that you're like, I'm going to be here for my son. I'm going to protect him from like bad juju. That's the whole like coming back, the pottery, Kintsugi coming back. Like, no, no, no. I broke, I broke a few years ago. Now I'm, I've been put back together more beautifully. I'm stronger. And now this is like the my true self coming out and mama bear coming out and being that person, that human, that mom, that figure for my son. I just, I, I love that, you know? So, uh, so often our break happens long before, right? You know, other people realize it. And like all that stuff that happened years ago helps you in this, in this moment with your son. And five five years for a divorce to happen that's that is a long slog. So uh, you you are resilient. So another question I had for you, you know, obviously the work that you do and living through this lived experience, the shared experience that we've all gone through over the last sixteen months. What have you discovered about maybe yourself that you didn't know or others when you think about this moment in time? Because we're coming into this phase where I think there's going to be some more openness to create something. I The analogy I, I used back in April of uh, last year of 2020 is that this was not going to be a sprint nor a marathon. It was going to be a triathlon. It was going to be much longer. It was going to come in phases with the first phase being chaos and the next phase being some type of sense of control or controlling what we can control, like wearing our masks and whatnot. And now we've entered with vaccines coming out and governments opening up and saying, hey, you don't have to wear your mask anymore, right? So in businesses coming back, that now we get to create something. And 
I think it's a really cool time if we can be very thoughtful about the time that we're in. So I didn't know if you could share like what what it, what have you discovered over the last say 16 months? That's a really loaded question, Michael. <laughs> I know. It's huge. But an important one because I do think I was sharing, you know, for the listeners to know, we found each other through Clubhouse. So I was in a, another Clubhouse room last evening. People were talking and I sort of got I got lathered up, I got revved up. And I said, one of my biggest worries is that we've gone through all of what we've gone through and there's this urge to crank up the flywheel and just go back and just go. And the topic was like eating. It was about like nutrition and stuff. And I said, I go, the problem is, is that we're just going too fast. We just need to slow down and be thoughtful about what we want to create instead of like just going back at it. And so this is one of my greatest worries that I would say is that we just go back to how it used to be after we've gone through something that has been so heavy. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, I have so much to say. Let's see what comes out. (laughs) I think the patience, um, I think, Patience, you know, even just some of the stories that you you reflected back to me of, you know, five years to go through a divorce. Like, yeah, I mean, it didn't feel like five years. It it felt like a lifetime. And yet it also felt like, you know, um, maybe six months. And so I think the past 16 months or 18 months, what it's been for us. Yeah, it, it feels like a snap in time like a this portal that just brought us to this point in time. It didn't even seem like, you know, last year happened. Yet at the same time, <laughs> it's like, it feels like a lifetime. I don't feel like the same person that I was prior. And you can probably say that any at any point in time. But to me, it was a collective trauma and that we've all been through layered on top of the personal and individual challenges that we were already working through in our lives. And so for me at this time, it feels like a process, a time to process, because it's almost like we're, we're pushing out of that heightened fear and feeling unsafe and in that unknowing. Um, it feels like we're pushing out of that heightened period. And now we're kind of coming back down, right? And so... Yes, it it fires me up when people are like, let's just jump back in and get back and start scheduling and start doing and all these things that were normal, right? And I know in our community, right? Like, what is normal, you know? Um, and what are we getting back to? What did what did we not learn if we're processing in that way, right? What are we denying or not looking at? Um, but I do feel like I feel that rush of energy from around me, outside of me to like jump back into something and produce something and create something and do and put something out there. Yet the, the old wise, you know, spirit that that's speaking is like patience and simplicity. Patience and simplicity are the words that I'm kind of hanging on to right now, because I am feeling like this pendulum of wanting to jump into something and create something yet knowing that I need to integrate or process a little bit deeper what just happened. Like at what point do we turn back and say, 
okay, what did I learn from this versus let me just continue running forward without stopping to look back. And I guess you could take that in many different ways. Um, and But yeah, I, I do feel like we've entered like at this heightened level of stress, as one of my friends said, it's like the tide rose. And now we're all just okay at this heightened level of stress, but we're not, you know, eventually that catches up. And so I, I am concerned about the future <laughs> um, for humanity, you know, that if we, if we aren't able to reflect and process and kind of choose that next step with patience and simplicity, then what happens? I think you and I both know, and many listeners, listeners know what will happen the universe will give us another chance at it. And, you know, the way I look at my life is like, I missed a whole bunch of signs when I was going through the early part of my career, trying to, you know, do what I thought was the right thing to do, the right path, if you will. And I was like, yeah, yeah, universe. Because at this time, I wasn't necessarily like, I, I wouldn't reference it as God, right? Because I sort of like left the Catholic Church, you know, for a variety of different reasons. And I was like, yeah, yeah, don't bug me with this stuff. I am too busy, like, hamster wheeling away. Like, I got stuff to do. And so I didn't even see some of the signs. That's how I choose to look back at my, you know, the last 50 years. And then the universe gave me that SUV that said, okay, well, if we're going to play that game, we're going to give you something that you cannot ignore. We're just going to stop you in your tracks. And we're going to say, hey, it's time to pause, right? It's time to, like... Get a get a grip and get a hold of yourself, and we're gonna we're gonna show an option for you, and you can choose it. Because I had a choice; I could go down that victim mindset of like, why did this happen to me? And that is one ugly rabbit hole. Or you can say, hey, how did this happen for for you? And find a different calling, a different path. So I do believe the universe put this in front of us it really is now up to us to decide what we want to do with it. And if we ignore it and just go back to how we were doing it, and then the universe just puts another thing in front of us, which may be even bigger, uh, that will force us to pause long enough to think about what we want to create. Um, it's to your point, Danielle, I love the whole analogy. Like we, we, the, the tide has risen and we're up here at this high level of hyper arousal, but if we want to pull pull that thread a little bit more, it's sort of like a, a wave, a big wave. We're on top of this big wave. And if we're not smart, the wave eventually will crash and fold into itself. We have to, we have to learn how to ride that wave to the shore and create something hopefully better than what we were doing before all this started. I don't want to miss the signs. So I, hope, <laughs> I don't, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, one of my big things that I know you talk about too is just the ability to like live life with awareness. And the only way we can do that is if we slow down enough, you know, if we slow down and be in our moment so we can connect with, you know, our children or our other relationships and we can make those special connections. That's that whole notion that slow is really faster you know, wherever we want to go fast, but if we can just slow down in the moment, be fully awake, be fully mindful, then life really opens up. It becomes very magical for us. And that includes all the tough moments, 
all the crack and scar blemishy moments that make us who we are. Well, a couple questions as we wrap up. So the women that come to you, you know, for your coaching practice, can you tell us a little bit more about how you support the women that come to you? Um, what what are they coming to you for? And and what's the magic that you that you do with them to help them be fully sure. awake to life? I don't know if I can fully explain the magic, but we'll talk about it. We'll try. Okay, all right. <laughs> We'll try. We'll try to talk. Well, any good magician doesn't give away her all her tricks. So, uh, <laughs> but you know, you, you you can talk through like the concepts right. of it. Yeah. So the women that come through to me usually are going through change or transition. You know, um, whether it's in their outside world or their inner world, it's going through something that they want. They're wanting something more, not sure what that more is or looking for a change or going through a change and wanting that kind of graceful guidance to say, how do I come out of this stronger, right? How do I come out of this not crushed by the wave? Um, and yet each of them, whether they identify with it um, or not, each one of them really is spiritual, right? Or wanting to get in touch or at least curious about that spiritual side of themselves. And to me, spirituality is that process of getting to know yourself. It's that curiosity of who am I? What am I here for? What am I supposed to be doing? You know, what is purpose? What is fulfillment? And so to me, spirituality is really that process of getting to know yourself. It's wanting to look in inside and, and get curious and see what, what else we can find in there. Um, and so, yeah, each of them, I would say that they are spiritual, whether they identify that way or not, you know, or at least spiritually curious. And, and so are they mainly coming to you as other entrepreneurs? Or are they corporate professionals? So it really started out with entrepreneurs. Um, and just in the space that I was in, it was a lot of women entrepreneurs or women who had that entrepreneurial spirit that might not have dove into something specific just uh, yet. And it did expand, you know, it expanded into, you know, it's funny people talk about finding a niche, right? And I just, I look around the space and I'm like, okay, I have women ranging from their twenties to their sixties and some are married and some are not, and some have kids and some don't yet. Again, it's that that inner drive for growth. It's that inner growth, that curiosity of growth of self that really brings them together to say like, well, what's next for me? You know, there is something next and I want to move into that with grace. And so um, get it. I'm not sure if that answered. No, it definitely did. So I just, cause I think, I think the work that you're doing is, is vital, right. For, for all women, and you reference the niches, like in the in the business world or the coaching world, wherever it may be, many folks will harp on what's your niche, and you got to be really niche or niche or however you pronounce it. So maybe both, and you got to get like really tight. And it's like, you know, and I think some folks have great success that way, and then some folks have success in another way. I think that's the the magical thing about life today, there's just no, there's not one way, you know, there's can be a whole bunch of different ways. And certainly there's been some tried and true ways that have worked for many people. And then there's other like off-road paths that are really good for other people. And what I love about 
your work is just the whole concept of being spiritual and getting into your spirituality is finding yourself. And I think the work, again, is vital in this moment in time to pause just long enough to like get to know who we are before we get back to creating what we wish to create or doing, uh, becoming human doers again and, and giving folks a chance just to be, to be a human being. And I think that's the important quality of your work. And we need more folks doing this work, this emotional labor, so we can be better humans to other humans. Because that I think that's what the planet needs right now. We need that thoughtfulness. We need we need to have the knowing and a little bit of the unknowing or not knowing, because that's another side of who we are. But just that exploration of I want to dive a little bit deeper into who I am so I can show up in a way that ripples a lot of love and kindness. So I think that's for me, every time I've heard you share on Clubhouse, it's like that's that's the energy that comes out. So I want to thank you for putting that energy out into the world. Thank you so much. And I think so. that safety piece of it, right? To explore that and feel safe about exploring it um, and getting over that self-doubt, right? I think oftentimes we teach what we need most and coming into that confidence, right? So feeling safe and confident that you can explore exactly who you are and that it's going to be okay on that other side. So thank you. Yeah, it's going to be okay. And sometimes it's okay not to be okay. All of it, right? So we have all those moments. So if people want to find you, Danielle, how do they find you? Well, it's Danielle Thompson on social media or Danielle.live on Instagram. And my website is quite lengthy right now until I switch it over, but it's bold, bright, soul, S-O-U-L, beautiful.com. So you're welcome to find me there as well. Very cool. Well, Danielle, thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your story and talking about resilience and letting go of what needs to be let go of, taking off your mask and stepping into who you can truly be. So I loved it. I hope our listeners loved it as well. So love you. Love you too. Thank you so much. Hey, there's Michael. Didn't you just love Danielle? Her energy is so fantastic. It is awesome sauce. Such great spirit, such great energy. You know, when you come to think of it, we're all energy. What we ripple matters. And she sends this beautiful ripple out into the world that changes lives each and every day. And as I mentioned up front, I met her on the new social app called Clubhouse, and I would definitely recommend joining. There's something special about Clubhouse that you don't find, say, on Instagram or LinkedIn or Facebook. So if you haven't already joined, I recommend that you do. You'll get a chance to meet wonderful humans like Danielle there. And you can also join our Pause, Breathe, Reflect Club and find ways to hop off your hamster wheel and step in or drop into mindfulness so you can manage your stress better and be fully awake to this wonderful gift called life. So I hope you'll join us. I also hope that you'll follow Danielle wherever you follow people on social media. Reach out to her. I know she would appreciate it. And we're a few days into our 20 Ripple Challenge right now. 20 days between June 21st and July 11th that we're rippling gratitude and kindness. Also pouring in a little self-love or self-care. As you know, I was going to ride my bike across the country this year, across the U.S. to celebrate 20 years since my last bad day. 
but my left leg didn't want to make the trip. I'm getting my knee replaced on July 12th. So instead of a cross-country bike ride, we're doing the 20 Ripple Challenge, and I hope you will join us. You can find out more information on my website or through my Instagram posts on ways to sign up. It's actually on the link tree in my Instagram. So even if you ripple with us for just one day, one day is better than no days or zero days. So I hope you'll join us. And next week, on next week's conversation about resilience, I'm going to talk through a little bit of what I'm going through as I prehab for this total knee replacement. So I want to share that experience with you in case you know someone that's about to go through something similar, or maybe you just catalog it away for a later date. Maybe you will definitely know someone who will have to go through some type of replacement of some type of body part. And I hope what I share with you next week during our next conversation about resilience will be helpful in some form or fashion. So again, thanks for joining. Thanks for being part of our Kintsugi community. If you have a bad moment or a tough moment, remember, you can always come back to your breath. You can always pause, breathe, and reflect. And until next week's conversation about resilience, I hope you have fun storming the castle. We'll talk to you then.